0: Welcome to the Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic.
1: And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic.
0: In today's episode, we're talking with Arizona's Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs.
1: So among her many duties, Secretary Hobbs ensures the election security in Arizona. She's had a lot of criticism lately and even some conspiracy theories to bat away. Today, we'll hear from her about how the 2020 elections have fared here in Arizona.
0: The presidential race has been called nationally for Vice President Joe Biden. But ballot counting here in Arizona is still in full swing at county recorders offices. So far, more than three million ballots have been cast across the state. That's 78% of voter turnout, and that's big. As poll workers got to counting ballots, controversies and protests gained traction with voters.
1: Arizona proved to be one of the crucial swing states in this election, and while it was called relatively early in the process, Joe Biden's lead turned out to be a relatively narrow one in the end here. And this has created some legal consternation for the Trump campaign. It led to calls to continue the count in Arizona, even as they were asking for counting to stop in Pennsylvania. And it's worth noting at this point that there's been no evidence of fraud in any of these states. And we can't emphasize this enough. All votes are being counted.
0: Fellow Republicans like Senator Mitt Romney have criticized the president's approach. Romney said that, without evidence, the claims of widespread fraud are destructive to our democracy. Such claims allow protesters to buy into conspiracy theories, like the Sharpiegate theory in Arizona, while undermining fair elections and their results overall. Here's our interview with Secretary Hobbs that we recorded on Monday, November 9th. Secretary, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Are all legal votes being counted in Arizona? Let's just start with that question.
2: You know, it's really just, I don't even know how to respond to say that it's just crazy that you have to ask that question, uh, because that is what happens every year. We count all the legal votes. We're required to by law. um, And that's what we're doing.
1: So help us understand that, because we have actually even members of Congress uh, from here in Arizona who are implying that somehow legal votes are not being counted. Illegal votes are being counted. Uh, they are getting behind an idea that this election is somehow being stolen. What do you say to those who may be trying to make sense of this for themselves, mindful of that kind of information?
2: Well, um, there, there should be no question about um, all the legal votes being counted or illegal votes being counted. We don't have illegal votes. When people come into a polling place, they have to show ID uh, and if they don't have the proper ID, then they're given a conditional provisional ballot and that ballot won't be counted until they show their ID uh, to the county uh, elections office and, and they have until Tuesday to do that. Um, In terms of vote by mail, um, then the identification is verified by the signature on the ballot. And there's a rigorous process in place to determine if those signatures match, what's on file for that voter to determine the voter's identity. If those signatures don't match, there's also a cure process for that. Uh, If the signature is missing, um, unfortunately, that cure process ended on election day. But for unmismatched signatures, those can still be cured until tomorrow as well. Uh, and then when you when you go into the polling place to cast your ballot, you're actually putting your ballot into the tabulator. So it's being counted right there. Um, and so I, I just really, it's very frustrating uh, that there is all of this baseless conspiracy theories about people trying to steal the election, uh, because that is just 100% not what happened. And I could go on for hours about all of the different steps in the process that are in place to ensure transparency. I think it's Congressman Gosar that's calling for all of these audits. We we do all of those audits. We um, test the machines before and after the election. There was a hand count audit that Maricopa County, I believe, completed yesterday, but all the counties do it. It's by law and it's initiated the day after the election um, and they have six days to complete it. Um, so, and, and there's public records for this Stuff going back however long we keep the public records for that for every election. And we also certify all the equipment. It's first of all certified by the Election Assistance Commission of the United States and then certified by the committee in our office before
0: it's allowed to be a state. And just to be clear, this is the Dominion software that we're talking about.
2: Well, all of it, but yes, yeah. Um, I mean, so every tabulation machine, every um, ballot marking device that's utilized is certified.
1: So how did the pandemic change the way voters cast their ballots? How how much of an impact has that had in this election, as far as you can tell at this point?
2: Well, not only did this election see record turnout, but we saw record turnout with early vote. Um, Arizonans have embraced voting by mail. Seventy five percent of Arizonans are on the permanent early voter list. And this year, especially, we really um, worked to promote voting by mail. Um, but also put a lot of emphasis on all of the early voting options that Arizonans have. And I, we've always had them, but I don't think a lot of people were aware of them. We saw people showing up at early polling places that opened the first day they were allowed to on October 7th, who um, who didn't want to wait for their ballot by mail. They wanted to vote in person. Um, and, and I think the, the the focus there really was um, making sure that we s- spread out Election Day uh, in this pandemic, so that folks uh, who were going to vote in person were able to do so in a less in in a more safe environment with less people, less crowding. Um, and and we and we really did see that there. as far as I could tell on election day, there weren't lines. there weren't crowded polling places. or I mean, there were lines, but they moved relatively quickly. Um, and and we also really encouraged voters who were going to vote in person to do to be prepared. Uh, so that, again, to speed up the process and make sure that folks weren't having to be in the polling place for long periods of time.
0: This is your first presidential election as the Arizona Secretary of State. How would you describe how things have been operating and and kind of what the tenor and the environment has felt like um, in your office since Tuesday night?
2: Um, well, I think that where we're at right now started a long time before Tuesday. We really put a lot of emphasis on building partnership with the county election officials uh, so that when we got to this day, that things would go as smoothly as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly there were, were glitches. I'm not going to say everything was perfect, but what we saw in the um, both the the presidential preference election and the primary election in August were really smooth operations. And we had a lot of lessons that we were able to carry into this election day. Um, and by all accounts, things went very smoothly. Um, and so I, and I think going into this election, even before the pandemic, knowing that Arizona was um, potentially a battleground state that we would be in the national spotlight That there would be a lot of scrutiny and there was a lot. um, We should always be focused on getting it right. But that national spotlight kind of added to that for sure. Um, And then my focus has always been on ensuring that every eligible voter gets the chance to participate. And the pandemic added to that the need to make sure that they can participate without having to question that their health or safety would be compromised. Um, So I think. Um, aside from some baseless conspiracy theories, uh, at the end of the day, we're certainly going to do uh, um, you know, an autopsy of everything that we did and could have done better and differently and what we want to focus on to improve for the 2022 election, but certainly feeling like we did a lot of things right.
1: Um, I feel like a lot of your job involves day to day work that most people will never know and, and pay attention to closely. They pay attention for a few days every four years or maybe every two years. Help people understand why it is that the final vote totals are not known as we tape this on Monday morning. Why? Why does this process take the time that it does?
2: Yeah, I think that people thought, oh, because we can tabulate early ballots earlier and so many of the ballots came in early that we would be done on election night. And that, and certainly we had a lot of vote totals on election night. Um, all of those early ballots that were already tabulated, all of the election day ballots. Um, and what we still had waiting for us, what were the early ballots that got dropped off on election day, which um, still had to be signature verified, uh, in order to be tabulated. And that signature verification process is rigorous. It's labor intensive. It involves humans and it takes time. Um, and so we didn't know going into election day, how many of those early ballots there would be to to, um, to still do that process with. And there, that was a large bulk of what was remaining to count after election day. Also, so the ballots that they're counting now Um, For the most part, we're going to see the rest of the results really trickling in because these are, again, ballots that take time to process. They are large print or braille ballots or the military and overseas ballots or ballots that have been damaged uh, in the mail or or at someone's house when they're voting. And those have to be duplicated in order to be tabulated. And again, labor intensive process that just takes time. Um, And then the provisional ballots, um, a lot of the provisional ballots that are cast, they're either because somebody goes to the wrong polling place and and they cast a ballot at the wrong polling place. That's a provisional ballot, um, which didn't happen a lot in Maricopa County this year because Maricopa County had vote centers instead of polling places for the entire election. Um, Or it's uh, somebody got, they were on the list to get a mail-in ballot and they didn't vote their mail-in ballot or they didn't receive their mail-in ballot or for whatever reason and so they went to vote in person and um in pima county this is particularly the issue because pima county doesn't use electronic poll books and so they don't have the, the it's the the update isn't like instantaneous like it is in the other counties that use those electronic poll books and so they can't verify whether the the, the mail-in ballot has been received or not and so those voters are given provisional ballots. And so all of those take time to process and see whether that ballot can actually be counted or not. And then the conditional provisional ballots, I think, as I mentioned before, they have until Tuesday to show ID, whether or not those are eligible to be, count- to be counted or not. Um, and then the mismatch signature ballots have until Tuesday as well. So lots of kind of moving parts there that take a lot of just time and Labor to um, to finalize.
0: One note for our listeners: this interview was recorded on Monday. The deadline Secretary Hobbs mentioned for conditional provisional ballots and mismatched signature ballots have already passed. So we want to give you a chance to address this next controversial sort of question head-on. Since Tuesday night, a theory has emerged that Sharpie markers were intentionally given to. Conservative voters, in particular, to invalidate their votes. Can you respond to this conspiracy theory?
2: Um, well, I kind of thought we had already put that to rest. Um, and um, the 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 folks at the polling places that are giving the voters the markers to mark their ballots with um, are county employees, and they are supplied with their supplies by the county and the county gave them Sharpie markers for the ballots because that's the the pen recommended by the manufacturer of the tabulation machines. They dry quicker, they're not gonna smear and they're not gonna cause buildup in the tabulator that down the road can make things problematic. And so um, they were following the manufacturer's recommendation on those pens. Um, there we have, Maricopa County has confirmed that there were no ballots cast on election day that were invalidated because of Sharpie markers. Um, and so I, this really was just a baseless conspiracy theory. Um, the attorney general weighed in, he was satisfied with the responses that came. Um, and at this point, I just, it, I don't understand why it's still an issue um, certainly sometimes people get it, the, the counties, the instructions on the ballots vary by county. The counties are responsible for the ballot design and the instructions that go with the ballot. And, um, the, and on some ballots, if you're at home voting at home and you use a Sharpie, it might bleed through to the other side and cause problems with the tabulator, uh, reading the ballot. Again, it depends, it's going to depend on the ballot design. Um, but there's a process for counting those ballots. They all get counted. Um, I mentioned the duplication boards. That's part of what they're duplicating is those ballots that the tabulator can't read. Those ballots are all counted. You can, don't do this, but you could mark your ballot with crayon and it's still going to be counted. The machine probably can't read it, but somebody will and they'll duplicate it and it will be counted.
1: So one of the other memorable uh, parts of this uh, vote counting period has been the protests that have been occurring outside uh, the county's offices and such. Um, Talk about what the effect is of those kinds of protests led by people like Alex Jones and such. Has this had any kind of impact on uh, participation from employees or volunteers? Has this created any kind of hazards for, uh, you know, completing the task that you all are trying to do?
2: Um, the employees are showing up. They're working around the clock. They're counting the ballots. They're doing their job. Um, certainly this kind of thing is disheartening, um, even scary. Um, people like Alex Jones um, inciting violence uh, and, Honestly, it's a distraction that potentially is going to cause de- delays in the process. Now they're having to worry about every, everyone's security in the building and getting in and out of their vehicles. Um, and what they're calling for is to count all the ballots. And that's exactly what's happening. So, in that regard, it seems more than a little bit counterproductive. Um, and the other things, you know, the transparency, the audits, I, I've already mentioned we do all those things. And the, the, the records of all of those things are available um, at, at the public's request. And, and the reason we do those is to ensure the accuracy of the process and the transparency of the process. Um, I think they're also asking for access to the building and that is absolutely not possible, not in the current circumstances of, uh, of doing all of this in the pandemic uh, when you're trying to have people spaced out and the space is limited, but there also is a party representative for all the parties allowed inside, um, and so there there are people watching. The other piece of the process that I don't think a lot of people know, and this is this is the case for polling locations as, as well as um, in the tabulation centers, the the staff are mixed in terms of parties. There's no one political party dominating. Um, And and at polling places, they're required to have a balance of Republicans and Democrats. And that's, again, how we ensure the fairness of the process. Uh, All the tabulation centers in the state also have cameras that are live broadcasting the tabulation process. And so um, those links are available online. They're available on our website and they're available on each county's uh, election website.
0: President Trump is being criticized from folks on both ends of the political spectrum for undermining confidence in the integrity of United States elections. You obviously don't agree with these sorts of attacks. How do you begin to rebuild trust in the process for the public after this sort of rhetoric? And how do you change the minds of people who believe it?
2: Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate because this has been going on for a long time. It didn't just start the on election day or the day after the election. Um, and I think there are definitely a subset of people who, no matter what we say and no matter how much transparency we offer, and they're just not going to believe that. Um, and I think that what's important and what we're focused on is continuing to provide The information to the public that we're providing uh, to to inform the public of what we are doing to ensure the transparency and fairness and accuracy and security and everything else that we've been doing for the last several months. Um, And I think that that the folks who aren't going to listen are a small minority, and um, we're just going to continue to focus on... um, the the integrity in the process and doing our jobs to ensure that
1: on a related note do you think that the governor has done what he should do to uh you know sort of bolster confidence that this process is uh appropriate transparent and legal and all that
2: um uh (laughs) You know, I think I've watched around the country other secretaries of state being attacked for the process in their states, baselessly attacked. Um, and Michigan comes to mind in particular. Um, and I think a lot of that is gender based and political party based as well, um, those two things paired together. And I think that Arizona has been spared from some of those attacks. By the president because of Governor Ducey and he throughout the um, you know around the primary time up until now has been when asked you know made statements saying that our ballot by mail process is secure and that the election is going to be secure. I think um, what I'm most frustrated about right now is his lack of any commentary on the incendiary protests that are happening outside of, of the election um, center here in Maricopa County. I think that, um, I mean, he's been silent and there are a lot of people who have been openly critical of that silence. I think that him making a statement um, that doesn't infringe on anybody's first amendment rights, but um, also doesn't condone the violent rhetoric would go a long way.
0: Have you had a conversation with the governor since Tuesday?
2: Um, We have, our office has had staff to staff conversations um, about exactly this. And there there
0: really hasn't been any um, substantive response. Presidential elections are overseen by individual states, not Mm -hmm. by the federal government overall. So this is why some states can start counting mail-in ballots before election night, while others, for example, wait until afterwards. Is there any value in having a discussion about streamlining the process across the country?
2: I think streamlining the process across the country would be absolutely disastrous, because then you're going to add layers and layers and layers of bureaucracy on a process that's already really complicated, and that each state... Um, not only has their set set of laws about, but established practices that voters in each state are accustomed to. And I honestly think um, centralizing elections in a federal manner would really just upend the whole process. And then really you would have, because really the interest in the federal election um, piece would be the presidential and federal elections, and then you'd have state elections. Just like now, we have state elections, and then you have down-ballot elections that are mostly conducted by the county. It's already, you know, a little bit, there's separation there. And I just think it would be really confusing and add a lot of unneeded bureaucracy if we added, then again, a, a federal layer. There already is federal oversight. There's the Election Assistance Commission. There's Federal voting rights laws that that all states have to maintain and and enforce. Um, so I um, I haven't heard any discussions. I think most you would see most secretaries of state rebelling against that kind of um, proposal.
1: So talking about any kind of proposals or lessons learned out of all of this, is there anything from the way that balloting is conducted to the way that the count is protected on the backside, uh, anything at all that you think that you'd be recommending to the legislature uh, by way of uh, any kind of legislative fixes or anything on your wish list uh, for, uh, you know, in in the light of what has transpired in this election?
2: Um, I think certainly... Uh, what well, we do have a list of legislative priorities that we've been putting together, um, just as we you know go through this election. Um, so I don't think any of them were exactly specific to what happened in on Tuesday. Uh, but we probably will be having a discussion about pens, <laughs> uh, maybe in the election procedures manual. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean certainly there are processes we want to clean up. And I think it kind of took getting an election under our belt to have a really clear picture of what some of those are. But we'll definitely be recommending some changes that will mostly improve efficiency uh, in terms of conduction of elections. Thank you so
0: much for joining us and good luck in the coming days. Thank you so much. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Ron, what I thought was most interesting, there's a lot of interesting stuff, but one of the most interesting points that I think Secretary Hobbs made is reflective of what a lot of Republicans, Democrats, and even unaffiliated voters are thinking, which is Where is Governor Doug Ducey in all of this uh, in terms of responding to some of the criticism from his own party uh, about the, the, the fairness and the integrity of Arizona's election cycle? He hasn't been seen or heard from in days. What's going on there?
1: So as we record this on Monday morning uh, around 11 a.m., it's worth noting that Governor Ducey just issued a statement where he said that uh, he expects that Arizona once again will be a state that counts all the legal votes and where it is hard to cheat. And also noted that he expected uh, for um, the final results to be unchallenged in the end, and that the uh, the president has, as any candidate does, the right to challenge things in court. That said, it's worth noting that it's only come on Monday morning that we've gotten this kind of statement from the governor. This has been a difficult process that has played out now for several days with protests alleging fraud led by members of Congress. And the public has really sort of been left to wonder how valid any of these kinds of concerns are. I think you heard in Secretary Hobbs a plea for someone like Governor Ducey to lend his voice to uh this process more quickly and more fully. And she's frustrated, we could tell, that that had not come until this moment. And for the governor, I think it's worth noting that this is sort of, once again, him being caught in a political squeeze. At the beginning of the year, he was feeling pressure from Republicans who uh, sort of booed him into silence at the state uh, Republican Party meeting this year in January over his support for things like red flag laws that uh, deal with the availability of firearms to people who are deemed a danger. And also throughout the pandemic, when he was criticized for uh, doing too much or too little to uh, hurt the state's economy or not being mindful of public health provisions that uh, were being implemented elsewhere. This is just really one more time that Doug Ducey is being drawn into something that had very significant political implications. And people will say he, he was too slow to respond to this.
0: I think what's also interesting and worth noting is the absence of condemnation about some of these um, more vitriolic comments that we have heard from um, members of Congress, from protesters and others about um, Arizona's election results, um, particularly some of the comments that have been geared towards um, those working the polls in Maricopa County. Um, You know, he is a leader of a state. He has said that he would lead uh, all of Arizonans, whether they voted for him or not, and the absence of commenting on uh, some of these remarks by uh, Paul Gosar and others is is very concerning to not uh, not just regular voters but um, other leaders within this state.
1: So, Yvonne, one of the other points that Secretary Hobbs got at that seemed remarkable in all this was just the uh, resistance she would have to any sort of federal oversight of these elections. And and uh, she seemed pretty uh, insistent that that would not be a move in the right direction. What struck you about all that?
0: Well, frankly, I thought that her response to that question was um, expected. Uh, of course, uh, secretaries of states and and election officials who um, are at the local level would not want the system to be uh, federalized. And I think she reflected the sentiment that um, has broadly been felt by uh, statewide and local uh, elections officials for years now, as this idea has cropped up time and again over the years. I think, you know, the, the big broad takeaway from, from speaking with her is that the need to have confidence in the election system is paramount because if we don't have that, then we don't have anything. Um, and so that is why her office, why other offices, why the Arizona Republic, while the USA Today Network family broadly as a media organization, For months and even longer have been preparing uh, the public and voters with information about the process, about uh, setting expectations as to how long it could take to count ballots, what early voting is, how the process works, what provisional voting is. I mean, a lot of these terms that she threw around are terms that the public should be familiar with. And this process is paramount to um, the future of our country. And it's incumbent on, you know, everyone who casts a vote to understand how it works. All right, that's it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend or two. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget.
1: And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N.
0: Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez with oversight from Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.